0: with Eddie Ston Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Another week, another drama, another top story that involves the sports world. And I might as well just, you know, pretty much have a whole segment every week allocated to just the Colin Kaepernick situation. Once again, Colin Kaepernick remains unsigned. To an NFL team, as we are about three weeks into the preseason, heading into the last preseason game, it's gotten to the point that, yes, it has gained more protesters, more people speaking out against it, and more heat for the NFL. Now, the NFL, they're no, they're no strangers to bad press and, and controversy. I mean, that's really a big part of the league now. Now this Colin Kaepernick situation it just it's just a reminder of how little a big company like the NFL cares about people's interests. I mean, let's be honest, the, the guy, and I've said this probably millions of times on past episodes, he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything that really would warrant any punishment or any type of, let's say, like blacklist um, situation. Because that's really what he's getting right now. He's getting the whole, we're not going to sign him because he's a possible menace. He's this horrible person. He could bring about this. He could bring about that. That's what we're getting right now. I feel like the fact that he is not signed and the New York Jets just went on to name Josh McCown their starting quarterback and have Bryce Petty... And um, like, I can't remember the guy's first name, but Hackenberg fighting over spots. It's its its like it's mind-boggling. I mean, you're telling me that Colin Kaepernick is not better than any three of those quarterbacks? I'm not trying to beat these guys to the ground, but this is just numbers-wise. I'm not calling Kaepernick one of the best quarterbacks out there. I think if you want to say, in my opinion, he's a, a quality starting quarterback that probably on a good team would be a backup. On a bad team like the Jets, he's a starter. Easy. There's no comparison. It's it's just amazing to me that we've gotten to the point that this past week that there were protests outside of the offices, the NFL offices in Midtown And it was pretty much a who's who of anybody you can name. Um, So many different, you know, um, parties that were there, like from Black Lives Matter to, you know, the Justice League. It was so many people down there. And, you know, the NFL, I don't think they're going to budge or give really that much of a care. I think Cardi B, uh, who's a rapper for those who may not know actually made a mention to it on the uh, the MTV Awards, Video Music Awards. It just shows that it crosses over different boundaries. It's not just sports. This is a political issue, a heavy political issue, and a problem in this country. Now, listen, I'm not talking about Kaepernick as being this, this great quarterback. I got to keep bringing that up but I am saying that he is worthy of a job. And if the word around the league is that he can't get a job because he could possibly raise awareness, that's what we're, we're really saying. We're not talking about controversy. We're talking about that he could raise awareness. That's, that's the fear right now. The fear by teams in the league is that this guy, Colin Kaepernick, may raise awareness of an issue that has plagued many communities. It's it's really it's almost laughable in the sense that you cannot take anything seriously anymore. You can't have this whole thing about freedom of speech and how we have this right in this country, but when this right is being used and being used in a peaceful manner, we have to punish that person. And Mind you, this isn't the NFL openly saying, Okay, we're suspending him, we're doing this. This is saying we're not gonna employ you for having a belief and for voicing your opinion on a belief. That to me says a lot about the league and I'm not look, let's let's be honest here. I'm gonna be a fan, I'm not gonna be one of those people to say, Oh, I'm gonna boycott, I'm not gonna do this. Because people say they're going to boycott. They should have boycotted the NFL years ago, if that's the case, with the concussions, with um, the – you talk about the violence. The domestic violence is still a huge issue in the league. Uh, It's like you can't say just now you're going to boycott the league because it could have done it years ago. But what I'm saying is that Colin Kaepernick deserves a shot. I hope a team does pick him up within the first couple of months or weeks or so. Because it's it's ridiculous, and I do applaud the people that did go out there and protest. And when I say applaud, I'm talking about raising awareness, because that's what this is all about. Raising awareness to a situation. Not to start a fight, not to make people, you know, uh, try to hurt people or anything like that. That's not the case. If it, and I do believe there are people that sometimes believe that's the way to do it. That's not the case. It's to raise awareness to a problem in this country, and it is a big problem. So, I do admire the fact that that's being done, and I do hope that because it is going to continue probably for the next couple of weeks, that it's done peacefully and it's done appropriately. That's really the main thing. If if Kaepernick's message matters that much to people, make sure. It is done the right way. You raise the awareness, now be consistent. Continue to be consistent. Also, I do want to talk about some other big news in sports. I don't know if you guys caught the fight. This uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, they finally fought. This thing finally happened. These guys actually got into the ring and, and he had it out. And I got to be honest with you, for a person that honestly, before everything came out, said that this would be maybe three rounds they do a little showcase and Floyd would put him away or McGregor was going to get, you know, disqualified. It was entertaining. I mean, I think we got a legit, mm, let me see, uh, it was 10 rounds. And I think we got some pretty cool stuff from McGregor. It's funny because you could tell he was still in UFC mode. With the way he was like trying to feel out Floyd with his with his fist and his his glove and you know you don't do that in boxing. He was a little clumsy, but he still showed that he has the power and that he is a fighter. He put on a decent show for a guy like I said who's not a professional boxer, and he he's had the amateur experience, he's had the training, but uh, McGregor put on a show. He definitely impressed me. I, I was. Interested to see how he was going to handle Floyd. Now, mind you, Floyd is forty years old. This is his last fight. He did pick up the win by technical knockout. Fifty and O, amazing stat. The guy made so much money throughout his career. Made another huge purse. You talk about well over the hundred million mark for both Conor McGregor and Floyd May- Mayweather from all the promotion and everything they did, the pay per view buys. I know there were plenty of people that were locked out that couldn't actually order the pay-per-view because of several, I guess it was um, failures or malfunctions from too many people trying to order at the same time. That was a huge issue. They couldn't, hoard it. They couldn't watch it in HD, so they had to watch it for the $10 less version, which is SD. Oh my God, that's horrible, I know. So they, they got to see 10 rounds of an entertaining fight because it wasn't a moment of fight where I'm like, oh man, this is boring. It didn't feel like Mayweather-Pacquiao. I still feel like Mayweather-Pacquiao, you were robbed. We were definitely robbed when it came to that one. I mean, that was about as uh, ugly a fight as you can get. It was a lot of holding, a lot of running around. This fight, we actually got a little something here. McGregor, you know, he gave you a little a little extra sass to it. Yes, he was throwing up some punches. Mayweather was throwing a lot of power punches for the first time cuz he was forced to be the aggressor for the first time. And forcing a guy like Floyd Mayweather who's such a such a, you know, a strategic guy, a counter he's such a great counter puncher. He had to be the aggressor in order to beat McGregor and McGregor won a couple rounds, mind you. He also got caught with, you know, hitting in the back of the head and you know, as UFC, you just hit a guy. That's just the way it is. In boxing, you can't just punch a guy in the back of the head. So that was a big deal. Um, I, I got some great sound from there, from the actual broadcast, which I hope you guys enjoy. We're going to get into that. Uh, also, another another big week in Brooklyn. And mind you, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, I like to point out some of the big events that happened in Brooklyn. Barclay Center hosted WWE SummerSlam for, I believe this was the third straight year. And it did not disappoint. All four nights at Barclay Center. You had the Saturday was um, NXT TakeOver, which is the minors of WWE. Then you had SummerSlam, the main event show that Sunday. Then that Monday was Raw. Tuesday was SmackDown. I went to three of the four. I didn't go to the actual SummerSlam show. And I gotta admit, they did a heck of a job. Um, The most, in my opinion, the most exciting of the four shows happened to be the Raw after SummerSlam. Not because of what happened in the ring, but because of the crowd. I was a part of this crowd, so I was able to get some sounds from there. It was amazing. I mean, you want to talk about just loud, you know, going with the chance against and for. I'm talking about, how can I, let me break it down. The beach ball. Yes, someone throwing a beach ball around was the biggest pop of the entire night. So they basically called it beach ball mania. A beach ball was the biggest story. And WWE, you know, they may not have been happy with security for letting the beach ball in into Barclays Center, but it made the show. I actually got some nice exclusive footage where you had to be there. You couldn't watch this on TV to hear of like Baron, Cor- not Baron Corbin, I'm sorry. Ooh, wrong guy. Um, Big Cass, who actually hurt himself during this match in the uh, the part where there's a commercial break for those who watch Monday Night Raw. He addressed the crowd He's uh, yelling at the crowd and stuff like that, so his exchange back and forth of just trying to get that heat on him for people to boo him and prove that he's one of the biggest bad guys out in the business right now, that is going to be uh, – that's something that I made sure to record, so I want you guys to to listen to that. Also, the um, John Cena, who was a part of the main event that night, decided to to take the time and address – the whole beach ball mania situation and it's it's really some funny stuff, so I, I just want you guys to just check it out and relive the greatness that was that night. I'm a big wrestling fan, so I hope whoever's a wrestling fan can really understand and appreciate the uh sounds from the crowd just going nuts over every single thing that happened that night. Um also, big interview. I got to talk with one of my favorite Knicks from those teams that they kind of struggled for a while. Um, they just, you know, they couldn't find their way. But they put on some some pretty exciting, exciting games. And part of that team, and I'm trying to talk, like, trying to explain, like, what years this was. This is when you had, like, Marbury and you had a little Nate Robinson. This is when the Knicks were going through a tough time in the 2000s. We have Mr. Al Buckets himself, Al Harrington, on the show. And I was lucky to get a chance to talk to him about his career as a Nick. You know, he's a part of the whole Big Three with Ice Cube. And also, this uh, new league that he's a part of, which there was actually a bit of a delay in regards to the start. But he got a chance to actually break it down and, and talk about his involvement with the new league. It's... It's interesting, like, you know, just hearing Al's opinions on things going on with the Knicks organization as well as his future and what he thinks and hopes to do when it comes to basketball and just life in general. So Al Harrington, really nice guy. Um, He's actually a tri-state area product. So he played for the Knicks. And he also answered the, my opinion, the number one question in regards to him. Did he really get that nickname, Al Buckets, from former Knicks broadcaster, Gus Johnson? That is a big question. So, like I said, huge show today. And, you know what, let's kick things off with a little bit of music. She's actually performing at the Apollo Theater, for those in the New York City area, this uh, Wednesday. This is uh, Rachel Koba. She's a very talented artist, so check this out. This This is her, well, not her song, but... She's doing a cover to a song, and this is a song from Scissor. So check this out. You listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.
1: You only want to let me part. Time or sometime on your time And giving me excuses like it's the wrong time I don't believe in wrong time Just know you're giving no time to me But it ain't that hard, it ain't that much for me to say, give me your heart I'm worth that much You know it's true what I got Shit, that should tell me, but I don't believe you. Cause baby, I see through all the things we do. You can't tell me you love me, and baby, you don't know need to. I'm not here for you, I'm not here for this, I'm not here for us, I'm not here for fixing what's messed up. No more of the shaky love. Wife, so I'm gonna be somebody's all, not somebody's half. I'm gonna make somebody laugh the way I made you laugh. And now, baby, tell me, can you live with us? I want you, I want you. and I need you. So can you baby, I.
2: How you doing? This is Al Harrington. Hey, Al. How's it going? This is Ed Easton Jr. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, can you hear me good?
3: Yeah, I can hear you good.
2: Okay, great. Uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, talk about the upcoming uh, Champions Basketball League. Uh, can you uh, just uh, give me, like, a, a breakdown of uh, what brought you to want to join the uh, CBL?
3: Uh, well, I mean... Now I think it's been over a year when I first was uh, introduced to this opportunity. um, Obviously, I wanted to just do it just because I felt like I could still play. You know what I'm saying? I felt like it was a platform that allowed guys that felt like they still had something left in the tank to find out if they did. And, uh, you know, the fact that I think everyone is taking it pretty serious and getting their bodies prepared and being ready for this moment or for these games, I think it should be a pretty solid product.
2: I definitely hear that. And now you're actually going to be uh, with a—it's—it's it's pretty much full of uh, former NBA players. And who set up for it? What, um, what else drew you? Because see Mark Aguirre, is the president of it. Um, when you guys were uh, putting this whole thing together and uh, dividing up the team, what? How did you guys go about it?
3: Well, I mean, that wasn't on us. That was on the upper management. You know what I'm saying? So I think what they tried to do is. They tried to get players that uh, played in the New York area, either played, you know, high school, college, or actually played for one of the professional teams there. And I think that's how they tried to determine which players played on which teams. And obviously me being from New Jersey and playing for the Knicks and stuff like that, it just made sense for them to be, me to be on the New York team. And then, you know, Jamal Pinsley and, uh, you know, Chris Smith and different guys like that. You know, we all had a connection to New York. So I think that felt like we all should have some type of a fan base. And, uh, you know,
2: so from what I heard, you know, the reception's been pretty solid. Uh, sounds great. And uh, your team is uh, the Gotham Ballers? Yes, yeah, Gotham Ballers. Okay. You guys are the Gotham Ballers, and you're going to be playing uh, next week at the Nassau Coliseum. And this is the, uh, the new Nassau Coliseum. Uh, have you guys uh, done some work in there before or, like, played any games in the past?
3: Nah, I've, I've only been at Nassau Coliseum one time uh, when I was, I think maybe my first or second year in the NBA was Summer Jam was there one year. And that was the year that J.B. actually bought out uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, wow. So I, that's the only time I think I've ever been at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, I
2: definitely uh, definitely understand that. And uh, you spent two seasons with the Knicks. And uh, you were also, uh, Did you have any type of part in the uh, 70th anniversary that they were uh, celebrating this past season?
3: yeah yeah definitely yeah they they brought me in uh I think uh me and uh and Richardson were the two guys that they had honored um they had played against the Charlotte Hornets uh, towards the end of the year when i well, I think it was like in January or February when we actually came down but uh yeah they definitely had me and uh it was it was an awesome opportunity
2: I definitely hear that and uh, from your two seasons in New York, you put up big numbers uh and now I have to ask this I know a lot of people maybe have brought this up to you. The nickname Al Buckets was that a Gus Johnson thing, or was that something that you had uh, beforehand? No, uh,
3: that was the name that uh, Gus gave me. Um, you know, when I when I actually played for the Knicks, the game was in Portland. Um, I think I hit like three shots in a row to get us the lead and win the game, and he just said, "My name's Al Arrington, and I get buckets." So uh, <laughs> it kind of stuck with me, and uh, you know, I've been a bucket-getting dude ever since.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> very true. <laughs> Okay, and um, just obviously, you know, this is a, a team. A, a lot of former Knicks players are a part of this. Uh, do you guys like still, you know, besides the 70th anniversary, continue to keep in contact with the team and uh, do
3: events? Uh, well, no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I don't have that type of communication with the organization. I would like to, you know what I'm saying. Um, and it's probably something I should just reach out to them before or whatever. But you know, currently, right now. You know, the first time, first thing I've ever done was actually, you know, getting out of that halftime and being part of, you know, the next, you know, 75 years franchise
2: thing or whatever. I definitely understand that. And uh, you actually were uh, a part you're a part of the uh, Big Three. And uh, I was actually at the uh, game in Brooklyn. What was your uh, experience, like, being a part of Ice Cube's Big Three, it's also the inaugural season of that?
3: It's awesome, man. I mean, you know, it, obviously it's a totally different type of basketball um, from Champions League, so, you know, it's, it's a totally different thing. And what I like about it is that it just gives players opportunities, man, to just go out and, you know, still make some money, um, kind of cashing on, you know, some of their, fans, their fan power, uh, presence, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun for me. You know, best team, you know, we're undefeated. You know, we're going into the playoffs this Sunday. Right. Well, you know, it's been, it's been great to be a part of the Ice Cube. It's been amazing. He hasn't missed the city. You know, and that hmm. just shows the type of commitment he has towards the league, and I think that's the reason why it's very successful.
2: I definitely understand that. Uh, it looks like the CBL is going to be very successful as well. Uh, is there uh, any other information that you want to uh, let people know when they come to the first game?
3: Uh, nothing. I mean, I just, you know, the biggest thing is just asking people to come out. You know, just give give this league a chance. Um, you know, I think it'd be entertaining. I think you got a lot of guys that know how to play the game of basketball. And obviously it's at a time when, you know, there's not <laughs> any basketball being played, at least any meaningful right. basketball. I think that uh, this would be a, just another great platform, you know, for guys to kind of go out and just show what they got and that they still can play, you know, give an opportunity. I
2: definitely understand that. And my last question uh, Al, moving forward, what is your uh, your eventual goal? Are you looking to get into coaching or uh, do any more work within our basketball?
3: Uh, yeah, eventually, man. I, I mean, um, we'll see. You know, I got young kids that uh, I, I enjoy being around them every day and coaching them and stuff like that. So um, I don't really know what my future holds from that standpoint. But, you know, the good thing about it is I got options, you know what I'm saying? So right. let's we'll just see. But when the time is right, you know, I'm sure I'll be able to, you know, find me a spot to doing something within the game. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I did a good job of
2: keeping good relationships throughout my career and stuff like that. I definitely hear that. And I'm looking forward to the CBL starting next week at the new Nassau Coliseum. Um, Al Buckets, Al Buckets, I'm just calling you Al Buckets. That's the best nickname I feel like out there. Have a good one, and uh, thank you very much. All right, thanks, brother. Appreciate it.
4: 101 approaching the two-minute
2: mark. Nicks with the lead. Pick and roll, Duha. Finds David Lee, guarded by Roy. He can back him down across the lane. The kick. Harrington three. And buries it. My name's Al Harrington. I get buckets.
0: Sports Social with Edison Jr. We are back, and I said I was gonna get into these great sounds from Raw. This was um the Raw right after SummerSlam at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Just listen to the roar of the crowd for like every little thing. And uh, you can hear the different chants. Some of them are, you know, G-rated. Some of them not so much. And uh, you can just give your thoughts on that. As well as following some of the uh, sounds from the uh, great Mayweather versus McGregor fight. And I'm calling it great just because you got entertained it may not have been a you know a world-class matchup because McGregor is not a full-on professional boxer, but you'll get to hear his thoughts on the fight, you know, as well as uh, Floyd Mayweather. And also, just as a bonus, Stephen A. Smith and Teddy Atlas, right after the fight, they had the weirdest argument that involved food and the fight itself. And he was comparing, like, Mayweather's style and... And it was a cheeseburger. You gotta listen to it. It's hilarious stuff. I made sure I had to add that in the package. It's uh, it's really good. And uh, once again, if you have any thoughts, any sounds that you think you would like to hear from a week in sports, you can hit me up on social media. That's at Ed Easton Jr. on either Twitter or Instagram. And uh, let me know what you think because uh, hey, anything is possible. You might get it on air. So uh, let's check this out. This is here at the Bar- the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Raw after Summer Slam.
5: This ain't the time to clap along. This is for our truth.
1: What's up? What's up?
4: This is Mr. Roman Reigns.
5: my moment while two undeserving people like you two get moments week after week after week.
3: Yeah.
1: Cheer or boo Roman Reigns.
0: I
3: own you.
5: take on anybody, anytime, anywhere.
1: from Boston, but for the past three years, a four-time Ooh, you're weighing 282 pounds. This city sucks!
5: She
4: We got a little bit going right here. We got one section into it. Oh, you you know we're not doing the raw thing now, so the wave's not cool anymore. That's cool. That's all right. Y'all can have it. That's good. That's good. I would also like to commend you on some brilliant play with a beach ball.
1: out there that I'm not too fond of.
4: But reason I want to address those things for real is because I love when an audience has fun. And tonight, you guys, no matter what, you wanted to bring out a beach ball, call a security guard an a-hole,
6: rock this place with the rain, and let
4: I'll keep it like this. I don't know if this is or isn't my yard, but I do know that this is definitely my family. And I love to see my family having fun. You guys made my night by kicking ass as an audience. I hope you have a great one. Close, 86-85 from Mayweather. We're gonna hold on And, oh, but again, we're talking oh. about a guy in his first pro boxing fight. Yeah. Oh. Here in round ten against Floyd Mayweather. Has Floyd Mayweather landing the right hands now? at will. It tags McGregor again. Floyd Mayweather has McGregor on the ropes, literally and figuratively. How is the notorious one still standing? And that's it. Oh, well, Number 10, our referee stops the contest. He is the winner by way of technical knockout and still undefeated, Floyd Money
5: Mayweather.
4: The Money Belt goes to Money Mayweather. Here's Jim Gray. All right, thank you very much, Maura. Floyd, congratulations on this fight. You guys just had an exchange of words talking to each other. What did he say and what did you say back?
6: Uh, We talked about he's a tough competitor and um, I think we gave the fans what they wanted wanted to see. I told him that I owed him for the Pacquiao fight. I must come straight ahead and give the fans a show and I think that's what I gave him.
4: Was he better than you had expected?
6: He's a lot better than I thought he was. He used different angles. Um, He was a tough competitor, but I was the better man tonight.
4: Was it awkward for you in the first several rounds? First three rounds seemed as though you lost and and we're off to a slow start. Where you just tried to figure him out or was he just better in those rounds?
6: No, that was our game plan. Our game plan was to take our time, go to him, let him shoot all his heavy shots early, and then take him out at the end down the stretch.
4: Floyd, you seem to come to life and figure this out. Did he seem tired to you as he got onto the 7th, 8th and 9th rounds?
6: Well, that, that was our game plan. Me, me and my dad talked about it. We wanted him to shoot his heavy shots in the beginning because we know in the MMA he fight 25 minutes real hard.
4: After 25 minutes, he started to slow down. In the 9th round, that was your biggest round, if you can remember that, right before the stoppage in the 10th round. When you had him in that 9th round, did you pretty well know at that point that this would be a knockout and it was only just going to be a matter of a few more moments? Well, if I'm not mistaken,
6: I guarantee you, I, I guaranteed everybody that this fight wouldn't go to distance.
4: Because you said boxing's reputation was on the line. Boxing reputation
6: was on the line. Uh, boxing is a hell of a sport. MMA is a hell of a sport. And I want to thank all the fans from Ireland and all the fans around the world that came to this event.
4: Floyd, you've had a couple years off, 714 days. There's no beating father time. Were you a much different fighter this evening and, and could you tell that you were age 40?
6: Well, no, that was our game plan. Our game plan was to go straight ahead. I told you guys uh, in numerous interviews that I would go straight ahead. I wouldn't back up, and that's what
4: I did. 50-0. and 0. You said you're not going to talk about 50-0 and 0 because it didn't matter to you. Now you're 50-0, and 0, does it? Um, I couldn't do it without the fans. Does it doesn't matter. Uh, a win is a win, no matter how you get it. Does the record 50-0, and 0, and you know its significance, fighting, 49-0 and, and now breaking this record or setting this record, does it matter and what does it mean to you?
2: Rocky
6: Marciano is a legend and I, I just look forward to going, in, going down in the Hall of Fame someday. I look forward to you going down in the Hall of
4: Fame also. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that, Floyd. Your legacy, will you fight again? If somebody comes and says, here's another three, four hundred million dollars, we know you love money, we know you love fighting. You promised Al Heyman this was it, but could you be lured back?
6: This was my last fight tonight, ladies and gentlemen. My last fight.
4: That's for certain, no matter what's in front of you.
6: For sure. Tonight was my last fight. For sure. Um, I, I, choose, I choose... Tonight, I, cho- I chose the right dance partner to dance with. Conor McGregor, you're a hell of a champion. And to the country
4: of Ireland, we love you guys. Floyd, congratulations. Terrific career. Great work, great work, great work. Good, good job. job. Come on, thank you. That's good job. Uh, oh.
5: I, I don't know i thought i took the early rounds pretty handy he had to change his style and fair play to him he did he adjusted he changed his style put the hands up and walked forward he's composed he's not that fast he's not that powerful but boy is he composed in there so he was making me throw when he was patient with his shots i've got to give him number respect fair play him. great career he's had um what can i say Fuck, i had a bit of fun over on this side hopefully entertain the fans on this on this side um i thought it was close though and i thought it was a little early of a stoppage i get like that when i'm tired i get a little wobbly and flowy before get me into the corner under the cover and i'll come back i'd like if they hit the floor i'd like in the ref to you know what i mean there's a lot on the line here he should have let, he should have let me keep going i thought but fair play done. i'm not gonna you
4: doing it to protect you probably
5: uh, you didn't want the protection yeah I, mean, I, was, I was just a little fatigued he was a lot more composed under the shots he's a lot more experienced especially in the later part of it but early on i felt like it was handy handy enough to be honest but he's composed in there you've got to give it to him that's what f- that's what 50 pro fights will give you so fair play to him
4: connor i i don't i may be wrong in this assessment and tell me but you seem happy i know you're not happy to lose but are you are you pleased with how you perform
5: i don't know i've been here before i've been strangled on live tv and came back so i don't know i would have liked it to just let it go okay it was some it was some buzz let, to get in here in the squared circle, everything was different. There was a lot more fun. I thought it was close. I thought we were close. Don't get me wrong. I get a little wobbly when I'm fatigued, similar to the Diaz 2 fight. It Did just, you get tired? That's exactly what it is. It's fatigue. That's why I thought the ref could have just let it keep going. A little, let me go down. Let the man put me down like wobbly and fatigue that's energy that's not damage i'm
4: clear-headed will you box again would you like to box again? see
5: what happens i don't know we'll have two that have i don't know i'm having a buzz floating around anyone wants to not give me a shell
4: and will you go back to the ufc and yeah, fight of course. again at these of course. at the rates you were fighting for before after you made so much money now or have you changed the paradigm for oh, mma the game, fighters the
5: game changes every time we grow and we see what's what. Well. but whatever i thought it was close i thought i had him in the early rounds i thought he was getting in the middle towards the end where was the final two rounds? Let me let me wobble back to my corner, let me try and recompose myself, you know what I mean, you've got, to, you've got to put me out, I'm brand new, I'm clear spoken, it's not bothering me, so I don't know what way to feel to be honest, I'm just happy I'm draped in the flag, happy I was able to bring me team along, the country with me, and just getting to perform for a different crowd, no one's taking these type of risks, so fuck it, he's laying to lay into me all he's one. I'll take it on the chin. I'll take it wrapped around the neck and on live TV. I've took them both so It's another day for me.
4: Connor, thank you. you, enjoyed it.
5: Thanks so much. Have a good night, Jim. I
4: appreciate
5: it. hit him with the
6: degree
1: of consistency
6: and accuracy. Force. I'm accustomed to seeing so Here's what happened. What, what I'm saying
1: up. is McGregor forced, he forced a gourmet chef
4: to be a fast order cook. That's what he did. He, he forced a gourmet chef but well, doesn't that make it fast food? I mean, the yeah, has,
1: does. doesn't that make it fast food? Yeah, that, that, Instead that, of on a steak? He, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He I mean, made he him go in there and, listen, listen, and he, made listen. Cheese, listen he made him flip cheese, He made him do something
0: to thank Al Harrington for calling in and uh, speaking with me on the show. And uh, if anybody wants more information on this interview, just go to keepitarealsports.com, sportssocialpod.com. Sports um, also, just for everyone for tuning in in regards to, like, listening to the sounds of with Mayweather, McGregor, and just, you know, that whole situation, Mayweather's career finally over. Keep saying it is. I'm not too sure. 50, 50 and 0 is a nice number to end at, especially when you're 40 years old. So I'm not going to jump down and throw too much when it comes to that. Um, also, the uh, you know if you've ever been to a WWE live show or any type of wrestling show, it's great stuff. So if you enjoyed those sounds, that kind of can give you some reason to go to some more shows. Um, and for most importantly, and I, and I let off the show with this because it is a big deal... Colin Kaepernick situation. If you have thoughts, if you just want to share more about it or even discuss it, I'm open to it as well. Hit me up on any type of social media. That's at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter, Instagram. I'm more than you know happy to respond and give my opinions as well. Just keep it tasteful and keep it nice. So uh, look forward to that as well as to the next episode. You've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.